Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Fox and Fallon podcast. I used to have a podcast called Meeting in the City. It was kind of like a play on, like I moved from Miami to New York, so I was having like a meeting in the city, which was kind of cute and novel. Fantastic. Love that. Yeah, and I would have yeah. different people have, you know, join yeah. up with me. Absolutely. So now it's kind of like a meeting in the city, two girls from Boston living in LA. Two girls, one room. Two girls, one room. I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Courtney Fallon. This is my esteemed colleague. Tanya Tanya Ray Fox. Tanya Ray Fox. I've been, I, we literally just off air had this conversation about how I was going to make you do the entire intro because while we were testing out the audio, I'm discovering that you have the world's greatest podcast voice. And now I have like podcast voice insecurity. And I was like, you're going to have to do this because I sound insane. Like I'm like over here, like. Trying to do my Courtney Fallon voice. You just need to do your Anchorman voice. Listen, yeah. for the, my entire life. I'm Courtney Fallon? <laughs> my entire life, I think that the reason that I have a loud voice or I speak very loud is because I was a loud child. And I just, when people wouldn't listen to me, I would yell louder mm-hmm. so that they would hear me. It's but now brothers. I just, it's now. You had brothers. Now I just have voice and modulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're actually like made. You have a voice made for radio and a face made for TV, which is like, how, like, how great. Oh my Amazing. God. And I thought we were going to be good when we were like getting on here, getting on board. And then I heard my voice and I was like, oh God, <laughs> I sound like such a beta. <laughs> you are doing just fine. Well, so the story behind this, two friends from Boston, we've been friends for a very, very long time. We started on a female sports website called She's Game Sports many years ago, became best friends and the rest is history. It took me a very, very goddamn long time to move out to LA. But now that I'm here, I'm very happy. And we started a concept in the summer called Fox and Fallon, a sports variety YouTube TV show. A lot of people were wondering, Courtney, what the hell are you doing in LA? What's this master plan that you're drawing up? Hey, sorry, I can't tell you because I haven't filed my LLC yet. (laughs) So um, this is actually the project that we started in the summer kind of dropped it. Tanya needed to get a job. I still need to get a job. So if anyone out there is listening, want to hire me, that would be great. Um, But we're just going to hit this off for this podcast. It's very funny. We have a lot of show concepts. We have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. (laughs) We have a lot of fun most of the time. We have a lot of fun most of the time. And this is like, we're finally, we're just finally getting our voices onto Onto, you know, we're recording. Onto audio waves. Yeah, we're just trying to, like, we're trying to finally get this out there in the world. It's been long enough. You guys have been deprived long enough. I'm finally settled in at my new gig. Courtney started. Where do to get you some work at your guys. gig? Why don't you tell the people? I am now behind the scenes at Fox Sports One, Woo-hoo! helping all the wild and crazy kids on air, like, not say the world's craziest stuff. Yeah. Um, sometimes. That's very important. Yeah. Some of the people, some of the talking heads, they, yeah. you know, you, your job is basically to reel them in. You got, like, the whip behind the scenes. You say, like, no, no, no! You can't um, say that Colin <laughs> Kaepernick was colluding against the owners for money. You know, you can't I say that. Try. I I do feel sometimes as though I can only do so much, but it is actually really thrilling to be able to like be working with everybody there. So it's been great, and now I have the opportunity to start working on this stuff with you. It gives me the time, and you know, I have a little bit of more security, job security. So now we can even really get to business and. Yeah. Do the thing that I love most, which is actually hear my own voice. So, because <laughs> you're a little narcissistic like yeah, that. I like, yeah, we are we're both the same way. I, I totally. No I like the sound of our voice better than ourselves. Exactly. I love me some me. So, one right. of the things that Tanya was doing this week is just absolutely killing it on the Twitter takes. And I, we had to get on the podcast to talk about some stuff, you know, because the Patriots won the Super Bowl. 
six rings, nine years. It's been a great week for us. I mean, a week and a half. I'm still It's been glowing. a great, actually, 18 years, but we'll start with just this recent, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then there was this, this explosive, fiery conversation this week about whether Gronk was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And By the Tanya way, that, was, started, uh, that, that did start from, I'll shout out, it was Karen Garigian at the Boston Herald talked to five Hall of Fame voters who expressed doubt that Gronkowski would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Everybody mostly sort of agreed that he is a Hall of Fame player, but there's this divide between whether or not he's a first ballot contender. Well, I agree with... I agree with the naysayers. Karen Garigian, by the way, great reporter out in Boston with the Herald, as you mentioned. I don't think that he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that he has been injured too much. Of course, he's one of the greatest physical specimens. He can wreck a backfield, jump over players. He's 6'8". I mean, his size, his speed, his wavelengths... His wavelengths. His, his, the length of his body? The length of his body, the, his ability to catch a ball. I mean, he's virtually unstoppable. You can't double team him. He's very mysterious. you got a linebacker lined up against him. He can run right past them if you double team him. It just really, the, the best part about Rob Gronkowski is how he can help further disguise the Patriots' offense and utilize their other weapons. And luckily this year, the Patriots, they hadn't had a run game in so many years. I know two years ago, they were... 29th or 30th in the league in rushing, and that was a big thing going in. Luckily, they built that back up. They had lost LeGarrette Blunt, and then they drafted Sony Michelle this year. So, you know, that was one of the reasons why the Patriots were virtually unstoppable, because not only do you have Tom Brady behind center, but you have the ability to run the ball on every down. You have the ability to throw out of the flat. The Patriots love screen games. And then, of course, you have Julian Edelman. You know, thousand yard season, and then you have Gronk down the middle. It's just a, it's a better disguise in the offense. My problem with Rob Gronkowski being voted in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, that you take someone like Tony Gonzalez, one of your coworkers, played for seventeen years. That guy played two hundred and seventy football games. Rob Gronkowski through nine seasons, a hundred and fifteen games. Yes, and that's, that's less that's than the, right. That's the less crux than of half. the argument, right? So he like, can never stay healthy. The guy, and that's just the way that he plays. Sure. So the crux of the argument, you hit right on the nail. Like that's the whole issue that people have, and it's understandable. Is that Gronkowski? His sample size is so much smaller than a guy who's played who played for seventeen years at a really high level. I mean. Gonzalez started out slow his first two seasons, but once he hit the ground running, he was like a perennial pro bowler. He really, he really revolutionized the receiving tight end. Of course. So we, you know, the thing that if, if you look at my Twitter, I have this whole thread. And the, the one thing I always wanted to stress was that this is not an argument against Tony Gonzalez as a first ballot hall of famer. He is a, a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. You don't play a, a, a position at that level for that long and not get that first ballot nod. He changed the game at the time. But to me, when we start discrediting Gronkowski based on a smaller sample size, what we are saying is that this system that the Patriots put in place, this system that, that allowed for multiple players across the course of multiple seasons to succeed in diminished roles or to serve roles that were like maybe not as flashy is going to work against guys who have, have like carried championship teams. And you, you said it perfectly. Rob Gronkowski is a physical specimen. He's the greatest 
talent at tight end any of us have ever seen in terms of his like skill set. He's it's like watching LeBron play basketball. He is an outrageous physical specimen, but he also this isn't a wide receiver position, right? Like this, the tight end is a tight end. So outside of the fact that his numbers hold up in terms of per game averages against Tony Gonzalez, he's also a far, far better blocker. The Patriots have run one of the most complex, like concept based offensive playbooks and like all of football, let alone in football history. He's known as a football savant in terms of his mind. And he's worked as a decoy for to open up that offense in ways that are they're much more complex than just like running around and pulling coverage. Well, but here's the thing. It's exactly what you just said, playing a decoy. Why do you think after Rob Gronkowski got hurt, the Patriots were able to utilize him in the offense every single game? Because he was used as a blocking tight end. Yeah, that's, that that's was, a skill set. Okay, that's a skill set, but that's not racking up. That doesn't that doesn't garner first end. ballot. That's a, that's a, that that's a definition of a tight end. I mean, no, but they had to go revert back to using him in like the high school football scheme. No, so just to keep him just scheme. to keep him on the field, Tanya. He mm. was used as a blocking tight end. It was like, hey, Rob Gronkowski may or may not be hurt. He may or may not have broke his back breakdancing and he's trying to like subtly, subtly like get back together so that he can be healthy down the stretch. They used him in the offense and people were like, wow, he's really making a splash. Be- using him as a, t- as a, as a blocker. He was that's he, how you use I tight mean, ends. No, but that's you not, don't, you don't get to rewrite I the don't position think, because Tony Gonzalez, first of all, if you're, if that's your point, that right? doesn't, that doesn't garner first ballot success. But I mean, Courtney, everyone's looking point, at flashing numbers. If you're going to use numbers, then why, if if he's better than Tony Gonzalez was through nine seasons of his career, he has more yards, just just over more yards, far more touchdowns. By game, his receiving numbers are better than Tony Gonzalez's were through this many games. How many times? How many times during the season would you say? I would say Rob Gronkowski is hurt a third of the season. What does that have to do with anything? So I mean, the numbers are inflated. If he was playing in less games, if he was able to stay on the oh, field when he was hurt, no, then his numbers no, no, would no. go down. That's, that's crazy. A hundred percent. He could insane. never stay healthy. The thing about Rob well, Gronkowski saying, that makes if he him healthy—that he wouldn't—that his averages would have gone down if he stayed on the field when he was playing playing hurt i'm just saying that he when he if he's got a boo-boo on his arm and he needs a band-aid on his elbow and maybe yeah. a cast for his foot he's not playing in the game if he's somewhat questionable they take him out they protect him true. like they true. wrap him in pages are wrapping true. him in he's bubble wrap through, he's he wraps through like a fracture i i but he's played a third of the season you heard rob gronkowski in the post game and everyone it was a third on, of the season and it was him. so funny and they were making fun of it on all the things they were like wow simple gronk mouth he's like ha ha so i'm talking with my friends and they're saying you know I have two rings, but I really only played half of the season and two-thirds of the season of the other season. So I really only kind of have two and a half rings. But now that I have three rings, that averages up to three. Ha ha. Now I have three rings. I mean, exactly. It's he's admitting that he's prone to being injured. And what do you talk? We have no to discuss. No arguing that he's prone to being injured. I'm just saying that a first ballot Hall of Famer is not, it, it did not play in as much, they played in way more games and had way more stats to show for. This is a very small sample size. And Rob Gronkowski could never play a full season he not did, injured. He did play. He played plenty of full seasons. That's a myth, number one. I dis- he played plenty disagree. of full seasons. He's played He's played in through injury. He's done it He's done it at a higher level than, than the first ballot Hall of Fame tight end that's going in this year. And 
they, at the end of the day, we there are Hall of Famers that have played fewer. Like, there's Gail Sayers played seven seasons. Terrell Davis played seven seasons. Gronkowski has played nine seasons, won three Super Bowls, and played in 16 playoff games. Like, this is not a guy who didn't – he's changed the landscape of football. And if we're going to start – or if we're going to start saying that longevity is the only is matters more than anything in football, it then matters why do we lot. watch? Then why do then if if the end game is rings and the end game is 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 changing like guys who literally change the game? If this is the stuff that we're going to remember, because when when all is said and done, and all due respect to Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski is someone we will remember watching forever. Here's the thing. That's what a Hall of Fame player is. Here's why I'll remember Rob Gronkowski, is listening to all of these up-and-coming tight ends. I was listening to George Kittle on the Part of My Take podcast. Shout out to those boys. They're brilliant. Great. I'm I'm like, listen, like like clockwork orange. They're our muses. Um... George Kittle was talking about, they say, you know, what, what guys do you look up to? Have you ever had like a fan moment? And he said, oh man, you know, like meeting Travis Kelsey, I was bugging out. Like as a kid, I mean, you remember like I were 31, 32 and these kids are, they're just children, right. you know, coming yes, on the field. So to him growing up watching Travis Kelsey, I mean, I can't remember what Travis Kelsey has been in the league of five years. Yeah, I mean, like they're, Travis Kelsey is the, t- is the tight end. The reason and I'll end with this. The reason that Rob Gronkowski should go into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer, he sparked the new age tight end. Every team has a tight end on their team like Rob Gronkowski. Travis Kelsey is a carbon copy of Rob Gronkowski, okay? So if they're sparking well, this... he's not new, nearly as good of a blocker. Well, but, yeah. I mean, exactly. But if he's sparking the need... Sure. The, the need the use, to... The, the use, use of, the use of a yeah. power catching red zone target tight end yeah. like Rob Gronkowski, then that is a reason to put him in the first ballot of a Hall of Fame. Well, Travis because Kelsey there's going to be one. a lot of... Zach Ertz, Jimmy Graham, all these guys were, exactly. came in that week, and you're right. So the the probably the other biggest story this week, which you and I have talked a little less about, so I'm excited to see how this conversation unfolds, is what's going to happen, what's happening with my elite quarterback, John Elway is elite, and he got himself <laughs> an elite quarterback. Listen, yes. I like Joe Flacco. Yes. I, I I do. I knew I've you always, were going to say this. I, I do. And I know the people, like I tweeted, I said, elite move by, by John Elway. And people were like, huh? Listen, Joe Flacco has gotten a lot of flack. Oh, oh I'm so funny. <laughs> Joe Flacco amazing. has gotten a lot of flack for a lot of, you know, for, for no reason. I mean, this is a guy that has never complained. He has been the ultimate competitor. Even this season, they brought in Lamar Jackson, which, by the way, I, I loved that pick. I think Lamar Jackson is versatile. I think he is the quarterback of the future for however long to John Harbaugh is going to be in, in Baltimore. But that being said, otherwise, I think that Joe Flacco – has had his moments. He's been flashy. He did win a Super Bowl with them, but he has been completely thrown under the radar in terms of his supporting cast. Yes, he's had some really weird throws, but some throws that make you scratch your head, underthrown balls. You're like, I don't understand. Why can't this guy compete at a high level at all times? You look at his supporting cast. He's had three wide receivers while he's been in the league. Three in his However long his career has been. His, he was drafted in 2008. 2008. Okay. He has three wide receivers that have gone over 1,000 yards total. The last being Torrey Smith in 2013. Steve Smith on his super, super senior year when he went to Baltimore right before he retired. And Mike Wallace 
in in a couple of years ago, which I mean, Mike I think Wallace, it was like 2016. Yeah. Listen, I, I I love Mike Wallace. I covered him in 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 Miami, but I mean, the guy is kind of a very fight or flight, and that's the reason Marty Morningweg was completely behind that offense. He just lets him he lets him fly. He's got that whole mentality of Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, Mike, why don't you run down the field and see if the show can throw a bomb and you can catch it? Yeah. And those I those are complete garbage numbers. I mean, Joe Flacco, what he's accomplished in some of the toughest situations. He has 116 victories, never despite having – has he ever – could you pick out of a hat what, what wide receivers besides Torrey Smith? Number one wide receivers in Baltimore, none. No. He's had, he hasn't had a, like an all-pro running back since Ray Rice in 2013. That was mm-hmm. also the year that he had Torrey Smith. I mean, he's had dozens of offensive coordinators. They've been like flipping that stuff like dominoes down there. So I know that, you know, John Elway has gotten a lot of slack for drafting Paxton Lynch and – giving Brock Osweiler big money, I think this could really work out. I really do. Yeah, I, I think, think this is a good move for the Denver Broncos. Whether they choose to draft another quarterback behind him, I still think that they should They should rally, rally them up. I still think they should probably draft a high-end. All right, let me hear. Let me, let me come in with the, with the counter here because I think you made some good points. I think there's a lot of his success when he was really good is actually underrated, right? Like he got a lot. He, got, he started the elite conversation which is like we make fun of it now, but you make a good point about what he was able to do with a sort of underwhelming offensive group. And I guess that's why a lot of the defense gets credit. Like for their Super Bowl, we know that defense was outrageous. I mean, there's Hall of Famers all over that defense, but... Hall he of Famers, and, and, then they, and then they reinvented that defense with younger Yeah, players. that's fine. I mean, it's not the same defense it was. But so he, I will give you that. It doesn't change the fact for the last four years... Joe Flacco has been a below average quarterback. And I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's diminishing stuff because of his health. I don't know if he just doesn't have it anymore or if he needs a new system or what is going on with him. His health has been atrocious. He has not, he's just, he's one of those guys where this is like, it would be shocking if if a move to mile high was the difference for him. However, there is value in bringing in somebody like him if they are drafting a quarterback. So that's where I, I am. My first instinct is to always criticize John Elway. I think he's a bad GM. I think he's kept his job for way too long. I think that part of the issue with the league in general is that they're, they're not turning over their GMs enough. It's always fire the coach after one or two years. The GMs need to go sooner. And I think John Elway is among them. However, if they are going to draft a quarterback to learn behind Joe Flacco for a year, and just kind of call this season, like, let's just see what we can do in sort of a half rebuild, then maybe I'm on board because Joe Flacco is, he knows how to win. He is, he he has a ring to show for it. He has one of the best postseason runs of all time, or at least in recent memory for a quarterback on that kind of team. And he's a, he's by all accounts, a, a fantastic mentor to somebody who shocked the league this year. So I'm in. I'm down if he's a mentor, but he they have to get a quarterback this year. I don't care who it is. They've got to do something. He is not the guy you're going to roll out there and make it to the playoffs next year. It's not happening. I, You know what? I'll leave you with this. It's Joe Flacco's success completely lies on the consistency of the coaching staff out there. If John Elway, again, doesn't want to fire himself – he, he, he he's definitely not going to fire himself. So he better keep a solid quarterbacks coach. He better keep an offensive coordinator there. He better keep the coach 
Vance Joseph was just fired. They better keep that coach there for a long time if he wants to see a, a, a decent sample size from Joe Flacco before Joe we Flacco. can all put Joe Flacco to bed. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be on that team very long. But, all right. You know. Story time. Hey, it's my favorite. Story time. Uh, 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 Story time. Uh, uh, Let's okay. take you to the movies. Let's take you to the yeah, movies. Yeah, this is where we're going to insert some sort of great I don't song know. or something. We're going to, yeah, we're going to do a little post-production. If it's nice. not, then we're just going to laugh. Fantastic. Do, 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 do. Um... Story time. I My story comes from this past weekend when uh, Devin McCourty and Jason McCourty were invited out to the Grammys soon after uh, their Super Bowl win. Yes. Devin yes. And, and Julian Edelman presented an award. I believe they gave it to Lady Gaga. There was a lot of tears. Devin got the hug before Julian. I'm sure he's pretty pissed about that. I mean, you always hug Dev. You yeah. always get uh, De- Devin. So Devin and I go way back. Um, I dated his marketing manager, the guy who created the whole McCourty twins idea, with like a dual account. And, right. you know, with that, um, it's a very old friend of mine from college. Um, and they just, they've been working with him for about 10 years. So me and Devin have been very good friends for a very long time. And I could not say there is a more humble person in the world than Devin and Jason McCourty. Yeah. And the, the perfect example of that, not only are they just kind, they're nice. Um, by the way, you guys are not going to like this cause it makes the Patriots like so damn adorable. Oh, I know. It's so damn adorable. We'll exactly. But this is truth. More, more quality characters coming out of New England from two New England girls. If yes. you want to just turn this off already, you can just go. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin, so Devin was looking for something. He was asking me if, you know, what, what the social scene was like after the Grammys and the Grammy weekend in, in Los Angeles is an absolute zoo. Yeah. Um, you cannot get into any club. You cannot get into any party. I waited 45 minutes to get into a, and I had a wristband at this one party on Saturday night in Silver Lake. Nonetheless, I'm like, why the hell did I come 35 minutes? Silver Lake? I'm like, what the, I go, am I in the Valley? Like the, this isn't a lie address. Like don't make, I'm joking. That was a clueless thing. <laughs> okay. So, so Devin's asking me, he says, Cord, is it really hard? Is it really hard to get into these to the clubs tonight? Like I'm, I'm scared. I don't really want to go out, but I want to get a drink. And I said, Devin, you just won the Super Bowl. You're the the Patriots Man of the Year, and you presented at the Grammys. What do you mean? Like you're a celebrity, like the rest of them? He's like, No, I'm not. Yeah. The whole time, I mean, they're freaking out. They go on the they go on the streets like they're not even bothered. Everyone else in LA has this elitism of. You might be someone, you're everyone, and if you have $100, you're going to wear 99 of it. You want to be flashy. And here are these guys coming in from New England, just completely oblivious of what's going on with the TMZ and the cameras surrounding them. They never thought that they were a celebrity for a moment. And I just want to give a shout-out to those brothers who just keep it real 110% of the time. They do. And they're actually, they are well, you know, there's there's a few Patriots that come out of the team that are sort of beloved outside of New England and Devin McCourty is one of them. And now obviously Jason is after this past year can kind of tag onto that as well. But you know, him and Gronk and there's a couple guys who are like, you can't hate him. Um, and specifically because Devin's such a good, he's such a big he's part just of a the, good person. He's a big part of the community. He does like so much for, for kids and reform in Massachusetts. And he's worked a lot with Robert Kraft on that. He's just a guy that's easy to like. So he's it's funny to guy. hear him. Like that story, it just, it re-illustrates just how sort of like that New England sort of, oh, shucks, like the the, the lunch pail guys from it's, Boston, you it's know? The it's the Myra Craft rule. Listen, yeah, like yeah. Myra Craft, that's the whole thing with, I mean, for people that don't know in New England, which makes it, you know, so questionable. I mean, Aaron Hernandez, he who shall not be named, I just mm-hmm. dropped his name, but yeah. um, well, Aaron... I mean, 
Aaron Hernandez, ja- Aaron Hernandez, Jamie Collins, Brandon Spikes. These are guys that the Patriots picked up that had a troubled past, a questionable character. They would not have been drafted if Myra Kraft's, Robert Kraft's late wife was still alive. She had a rule that if anyone had any marks on their record, like they would not, yeah, they would not no. be taken. So, Although I, I mean, do, I do think she was alive when Aaron Hernandez was drafted. Um, but she, she was on her deathbed for sure. Yeah, he she was, was, little, she she was. She was. She was. 2011, and he was drafted. She the was year before. on her yeah, way out, yeah, and right. it was almost like Robert was like, "All right, Myra, you have no say. I, I'm going to yeah. draft all. Well, the, she, right, I'm going to draft all the thugs that I want to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm drafting all the thugs. Yeah, yeah um, the bad bad guy, come join my team. Yes, yes. All right, what's your story? What is my story? I mean, I've had it's uh, it's been kind of a crazy week at work, so uh, things have been a little divisive. Uh, go. I've worked at a lot of places. I've bounced around. My I'm sort of a. I like to think of myself as like a Renaissance woman of spo- sports media because I've had so many different jobs and worked at so many different stations. You wear so, all the hats. You're like yeah, a yeah. So like I, there's almost nobody in the industry that I'm not somewhat like adjacent to, even if it's like a second or third degree relationship. Yeah. My whole thing is like I wanna I wanna be inclusive of the people that like like I love my guys at FS1. And I want to like rep them, but I also never want that to come at the expense of the other guys that I, and everybody does it. They do it in Boston, they do it, whatever. So this is a feel good story, but I'm in the bookstore. I'm at Marina Del Rey at the Barnes and Noble. Okay. I'm there, I'm cruising and I'm like, I need to find a good football book to, you know, chill out for with, for the off season. I want to make sure that I'm like up on the newest stuff. Like I'm trying Doug to Doug learn- Farrar. She picked the Doug Farrar did, book. Okay. She I wants picked- to learn her X's and O's. I got to learn my X's and O's. So I'm in the, I'm in the bookstore and I got my boy Doug's book right there. I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, I got it. But I'm looking through the titles. I'm like, there's my boy Doug repping with his sick X's and O's. I got Michael Holly. I got my guy Michael Holly there with his like Brady my, and with his, with his, with his 20th Brady and <laughs> Belichick book. He's an expert. The, the writers, the sports writers in Boston, yeah, just the make. They I mean, out. they churn out books about the Patriots because <laughs> yeah. that you know because they're all their numbers change. I mean, the amount of money that they have made over the years, it's just writing about just the most obnoxious things, and they sell. They sell. They sell. And, I mean, I'm in I'm in California, and, and there he is with all the other. So I got my college. Don't there. don't forget Marcellus Wiley. And Never then, shut and up. I and then I scan down, my boy Marcellus. <laughs> But he's on the, you know, when they turn the books around so they're front facing and they yes. stack them behind to like yeah. kind of as a show off yep. book. Yep. So Marcellus has got the show off book, right? Yep. So his smiling ass face is in And I'm like, you know what? We, are, we aren't all that different. I'm here I am from all these people from across my career and so many different like paths of my stages of life, right? Like Marcellus is currently my coworker. Yeah. Doug was like, he was my coworker at my last job. Michael Holly was like one of the first like guys who I made a connection with in Boston when I was coming up. Great guy. And it just made, it reminded me, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I posted on Instagram. I was like, all these amazing colleagues that are doing great things. And I, it and was And then nice. Jason Whitlock was like, where the, where the well, hell am I? Well, it was kind of like healing from that, like from that divisiveness that can happen. And it made me realize, I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, like I still, I can still rep all these people and I'm not going to be shy about it. Like I'm going to always show that like there, we can disagree and not like, and not divide ourselves across. Like I just, it was just a warming, you know how, you know how emotional I am. Like I'm very. Tanya gets very deep and very like complex. She's a Libra by the way. Yeah. You know, so she, she weighs the scales. I get existential and and it was like, it's a big deal for me. I don't. Like part of my job is to recognize, you know, when thing is when things are good TV, and a lot of times, like the debate and like the argument between sports personalities is the biggest 
it's, it's what people want to see. But, you know, in my heart, I'm always like, but we love each other. So, know. right. You know, so it was a nice, it was a nice moment to see all these people succeeding and doing great and, and being there. And, and now I get to learn about football from my boy, Doug. So hell it's, yeah, it's great. It was great. All right. Let's, we're going to do a little segment called go away. And then I want some more. Or I don't know. Go away. Go away. Yeah, we're gonna. So we're, we're gonna. We're basically gonna do two sides of the spectrum. It was like you know, this is what I want. This is what I, I a social media trend, or it could be anything that you just want to just disappear into thin air. And then there's you know what you then what you want more of. I right. guess I'm not really too good at explaining. I'm gonna. That. So I'll go first. So like okay. so this is something that for the last like week I think has gotten really intense, and I needed to go away, which is like the chemical dissection of Tom Brady's Instagram. Like I'm done. Oh, but he's, but he's the most I, popular. He's more he's popular like, than LeBron. Now. I miss the days when he was like not on social media, but then that's not true. I do love, I love seeing Tom Brady's Instagram. I think that there's been some good content coming out of it, but every day, and this is part of, part of this is because I have to dissect social media every day, but I cannot, it's always something he writes a comment on something or someone comments on his Or he likes it. And then all of a sudden yeah. you go to your explore page and it has like a hundred things like Tom Brady Tom likes Brady this put, comment. He put up that he's going to win seven rings on the Patriots, like the most recent Patriots Instagram. And it's like, of course he's set. This is, there's no news here. Tom Brady wants to win a seventh ring. Oh my God, the sky is blue and, and it's nice out in LA. It's like, so, this is like normal stuff. So part of it is just like every day it's, I think it's like the slow news cycle thing where like, how of course, it's the hot take. It it's the hot take of the day. Everyone's still like dreaming about football. That's when everyone I, has a huge boner for this Courtney, no Alliance one, football league. No you know, one loves Tom Brady more than I. The dude, I'm shameless in my love for Tom Brady. He's been the quarterback of my favorite football team since I was 14 Tommy. years old. He's my guy. He's my Tommy. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Oh my he's god. My, oh my god. Oh my god. god. But. Again, that's I can have, for, for right now, for me and Skip, we know his full name. Okay, okay yeah. Um, for right now, I, I like I wanna I wanna focus on. I'll tell you what I wanna focus on. Let's. I'm gonna give you. We guys wanna all, we wanna we wanna shift the focus. Let me say right from Tom Brady to LeBron back to like everyone everyone getting hot over everything that he posts. He posts a video of him singing with his daughter in the car. Then like I don't care. I don't you care. know. Yeah. No. Well, I want, is that, that what you no, want? You want like want, less of people freaking out about I Tom? Want, what I want instead of I want, I'm gonna give everybody a tip. Let off a of Tom. Move over to my boy. Mookie Betts. Oh. It's baseball season, Did baby. Did you see and that video? And the AL MVP there is, is a video. catching balls, my friend. So there is a there is a um there is a video of Mookie Betts running wide receiver drills in I don't know there's what practice down, facility. The practice facility yeah. down in Fort Myers or so or I don't probably like UCF or a UCF campus out of Tampa. Or close to where they are. I know that they're Fort Myers. Not I don't close even know. To Tampa. I don't even know if he's down there yet. Is it still pitchers and catchers? Yeah, pitchers and catchers are reporting. So I mean, clearly I don't know they, if Mookie's yeah. down there yet, though. Yeah. He might be in Boston. No, I'm definitely. He's definitely down there. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Um, Either way, I, I and I agree with you. I would love to see more hybrid players. I want to see the Deion Sanders getting drafted by the Chicago White Sox. White. Getting one, drafted by the Chicago White Sox. White Sox or one White Sox? Yeah. Both. Two. <laughs> um, I think that was Michael Jordan, actually. No, I think who I forgot who he played for. Well, Michael Jordan. Dan Sanders played for the Braves, right? He played for the Braves. Yeah. Michael Jordan played for the White Sox. Forgive me on that. Um, I want to see more athletes. Hey, what would it be like? Um, you know, to have JJ Watt play play soccer with his girlfriend. Oh, he'd you know? Be a great goalie. Yeah, well, that's what he said. He said he would yes. love to be, he would love to test out being. I want to see more. I would just throw them into the fire. Yeah. I, I want I want Odell Beckham to take a, a year off of the Giants because the Giants are going to shit the bed again this year. Okay. I I, th- I think that Odell Beckham should just play soccer. 
He would you be, know? Yeah, he's so fast. He's he's, he's got the footwork. striker. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I'm totally down with that. My go away I want more is um I would really want people to stop saying weird flex but okay. <laughs> I, okay. Like, I know I know that there's like the memes that are just funny for a while and there's the sayings. There's a shelf life for that. Everyone has their 15 minutes of fame and so do the sayings, okay? Weird flex but okay. That was like eons ago. And by eons, I mean that was like really hot a month ago, okay? Right, right. Weird flex but okay is like saying on fleek. It's like get with the trends. It's fashion week. We know that cinch be- since waist and in, in blazers are really hot now. Mm-hmm. That the tie-dye is coming back. Yeah. Neon colors, okay? Get with it. Get with like be like fashion, guys. Like w- when a trend is over, let it go. It's over. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and, and like and also too, it's like I, I want more original comedy like okay so like like a twitter less, comedy right no yeah. like less yeah. less of like the hi i'm just hopping onto something to make a comment in a section just to see if i get a, a million impressions you know under yeah. something that's really cool like less of like 40 year old adults talking in memes i think that men who Ooh, yeah. men who speak in memes I think that that's very passe. Get a personality. Okay, we get it that you're introverted. We get it that you're introverted. We get that we think that you're funny. You have a very dark, subtle sarcasm. Speak yeah. with your words. I don't care about your stupid memes like every day. Oh, I saw the meme that was like a picture of Queen Elizabeth and she was standing on a tiled floor and she was in one tile and they were like, ha ha, just note that the queen can move in any direction. Okay, that's not funny. Chest joke. I, I, Everybody I mean, loves a chest exactly, joke. I mean, but it's just like, I want more original comedy. Yeah. Fuck Jerry. You know, the guys behind, you know, the whole fire festival media Ugh. storm, you know, they came under fire for, for taking comedians, um, comedians takes my friend had a burner of betches in New York. Um, who also has a really great podcast burning in hell. Um, she and her other comedian friends were had this whole revolt about unfollowing, you know, like the po- a lot of the popular memes websites because they steal other people's comedy. Let's all be funny originally on our own but on our own just I make agree. up your own comedy if you're not if you can't put a microphone in front of you and be funny i'm funny sometimes i'm not gonna I pretend to be a, funny i think we've been hilarious this I, entire, but you know what even if we're not we are at least having original thoughts yeah you know that's really all that's all you can do in the internet when everybody has a podcast and a twitter account you can just have original thoughts original you know? thoughts like you know we're gonna end this one on a really high note we hope that you enjoyed our little sample of this. I think I'm going to be super original and walk across the street and go get a matcha. Dude, I mean... You, with oat milk. You are the most original basic bitch I ever knew. I, I mean, that. you know what? You know what I have a problem with saying? And I love my friend Beto Duran who works for the LA Times. And he's like, oh, Courtney, you know, like, you're so LA. Like, I, if I told you how many goddamn addresses that I've had in the last eight years... It's laughable. I know. I mean, like, I, I didn't even realize all of these people. I lived in Miami. I had an amazing job for NBC6 down there. Um, I started working nationally. I moved to New York. I had five apartments in New York, and now I'm in L.A., okay? Stop making the joke that, like, oh, I'm so this city. I'm so New York. Like, I'm so me. I get it. Yes. I might be a really jappy Jewish-American princess. I'm I'm still I'm still going to be Courtney. You know I what I mean? I don't think you're so L.A. I think... I think that that's Am I thing. so LA? No, I don't know. No, People no. say, oh, you're I, so I think that LA. it's hard to avoid the the so LA thing only because LA culture has become a meme itself. 
the like we talk about where places are we even brought up silver lake in this podcast like yes. we don't that's like a basic la thing to do is like bring up a, a, a neighborhood in la that only people in la would ever know about your right? favorite coffee shop yeah. alfred shout out alfred yeah, coffee if right. you guys want to sponsor so, but our podcast I, that's just what happens when you live in a city that's like you know that's it's sort of iconic and and everybody understands it's a transplant the lingo city everyone exactly. is different exactly it's not like a chicago or a boston where like there's so much of its own culture this whole place is its own thing i don't I don't know what So LA really even means, but if anybody is not So LA, it's Courtney, Boston to Miami to New York to LA Fallon. <laughs> that my, that's my new middle that's, name. Yeah, see guy. you guys. Stay original. Stay cool. We'll see you next time. Ciao.